Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Pumpkin season. Pumpkin season. Uh, hey, everyone. I am going to have a bunch of stuff going on in October. Um, today is kind of an unorthodox episode because I don't have a guest with me. Um, and there isn't a whole lot of news out there. But what I do find I will share here. Um, so first of all, thank you all for listening and sharing this with your friends and family. Um, it has been a bit of a struggle to get the show off the ground. So any sharing and uh, promoting you can do on your end, if you like the show, um, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we also need people to like and review the show on iTunes. Um, and I urge everyone to go and uh, to add to the fun, add to the uh the podcast because we all love Looney Tunes and we're all here to continue the conversation about these beloved characters. Now, it is October and I'm really excited because I'm not only planning a really great series of episodes for you, I am also going to be having a contest, which I'm not at liberty to say when it's going to happen or what the prizes are going to be, but I can tell you they are related to the game, the Looney Tunes World of Mayhem, uh, which I've talked about on the show, and you should definitely download and play. It is an action RPG that involves the Looney Tunes, and you can farm them to grow more pieces and then level up your characters. They have just revealed that there is a new campaign for Daffy Duck, the original OG Daffy, uh, and you can unlock him. He is a citizen of the forest, and he is an epic character. Uh, the earlier campaign that there was for him was a bit difficult, but now I believe that there are enough opportunities in this new one to finally unlock him. Uh, the tournament is called Duck Season, and it's a daily tournament. Uh, there will be six opportunities uh, to play within the, the campaign. And currently, uh, I'm at 43 pieces out of 100, so I'm hoping I can unlock him. If anyone follows along with the game, I would love to hear in the comments uh, what your favorite characters are, what your favorite designs are. Um, I recently unlocked the Scarlet Pumpernickel. That's another, another Daffy character. Um, obviously him dressed as the Scarlet Pumpernickel, and he is an Avaluni epic attacker character. Um, so th that character along with the, um, I believe it's, yeah, the Prizefighter Daffy. So those, those are two of the new ones I unlocked that I'm really excited about. Um, but if you guys are playing along, please like, let me know in the comments, uh, what you got, what you like to hear from me concerning the game. Uh, I can, you know, continue modeling these episodes around the content that's going to be introduced in the game, or I can just kind of expand, uh, my, my thoughts on Looney Tunes as far as the classics go or, um, what's upcoming. I know you guys really want that. So I'm going to try to, uh, to deliver. And in the meantime, we are going to be discussing some really great Halloween shorts. Um, we're going to be discussing Tiny Toons this month. Um, I already have a guest planned for that. And if you guys uh, want to share and um, 
comment your you know your opinions and what you want to see out of the podcast or hear rather um please do that i you can follow the the podbean uh site and i know you can comment there and i believe you can also comment on itunes if you do the review obviously you can leave like little suggestions in there um but overall i'm really enjoying this i want to continue doing it and without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. I Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. So a big thank you to Juan Moto. Um, if you want your voice on the podcast, please subscribe to our Patreon. It is the best place to get up-to-date information on the podcast, what we will be discussing in the following weeks. Um, and if you want to uh, promote or if you want to subscribe to one of the tiers, you can get exclusives, which allows you to affect the show in new and fun ways, such as doing a commentary with me, and we will watch an, a short with uh, the Looney Tunes together, and we can discuss what we love about it, what we uh, wish was done better or differently, or just, you know, overall, uh, just appreciate the art that we have uh, involving these characters that we love so dear. So if you uh, want to head over to our Patreon, that is patreon.com backslash this means podcast. So right now I'm going to be doing a mini review of the Looney Tunes cartoon Dynamite Dance. I've talked about this a little bit with the art of cartoons, and I'm excited to be just watching it again. Um, I noticed that there are little music notes in the corners of the label around the title, and just the title itself evokes that classic 40s vibe and it tells you you're going to be transfixed and you're going to feel nostalgic toward this. Um, the reason why it's a mini review is because I feel like a 1 minute and 30 second clip doesn't exactly dictate a full review or, or allow for a full review. Um, but we will, uh, you know, we'll discuss what we see. Um, so it starts off with Elmer... Uh, with a sigh, and Bugs is gracefully avoiding each uh, attack of the medieval weapon, and just, like, immediately you are transfixed by the the vibrancy of this. Um, you have the classic designs. I mean, it looks like you could just frame each moment of this short. It's so lush, and the characters are so on point. I, I just... I eat it up. I love it. Um, you, <laughs> uh, I have stopped it and Bugs is floating in the air. Uh, this is at the 15 second mark and it, it's just like already like 15 seconds in you, you've had this, a couple logos and then you get this and you're just like, yes, this is this is my Looney Tunes. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I just love the the characterization, the, the expressions on the faces. Uh, you have like just the anger coming out of Elmer and the the playful like joy of Bugs in this. Um, and yes, he has the yellow gloves and he has like the the pink ears and it's it's just it's such a great 
uh, throwback to those Bob Clampett uh, designs of characters, and and now they're being uh, put on these um, Tex Avery characters, and and I just I love it to no end. Even Elmer has like the pink nose. It's it's so great. Um, and also, whose whose choice was was it that uh, Elmer should have a sigh to begin with? Um, so obviously Bugs is going to get the upper hand. Uh, Elmer swings and misses. Bugs grabs dynamite and shoves it in uh, Elmer's mouth where he then spits it out and Bugs catches it right on cue, right on the beat. And they are playing every joke, every gag to the beat, which we haven't seen in so long. Um, there's also uh, a great gag with Bugs's fake ears coming up. Uh, Elmer grabbed ears and pulled them out of the hole, and they weren't attached to a, a body at all. They were just ears. Um, and then there's a great sequence where he's surrounded by some dynamite. Bugs gets away, and the barrels go off. Then there's a water scene where Bugs jumps in the water, and Elmer takes on a a small boat and paddles his way across the little lake there. Just again, the backgrounds are so lush and vibrant, and they have that that descending fade of color, and it, it almost looks like a watercolor. And then you have the classic uh, stretch and pull of the characters, which allows you such wonderful movements. Um, and, you know, every frame of this, I mean, you can even see whenever Elmer is shaking his head, there's multiple frames where you can see he has multiple faces um, because everything is drawn, everything is planned out, and and you're getting, obviously, like back in the day, there were 24 frames. You had to draw each 20, each of them out, and, uh, and we have moved away from that to where it's been like one out of every 30 or one out of every 24 um, to where you're getting less and less drawings, for your money and obviously like this is a a send-off to those classic 40s where you had all of the drawings out there i was recently listening to mel blank and he talked about how every short i I know i said this incorrectly uh now but every short takes nine months or took nine months to make back in the 40s 50s and probably 60s um nine months can you imagine that like you you painstakingly draw every frame of it and if one of those doesn't work you have to go back and you have to fix it um so thankfully they recorded the scripts first um and uh mel blank did all the voices well he did he did a lot of the voices he didn't do everything uh june foray obviously did witch hazel and um granny and a few others um but you you have a, a bunch of different voices that are uh that are in there and they're drawing to the voices. So, you know, they, they had some direction. But overall, just the the artistry behind this is, is just incredible. And I, I love that we're going back to that. Um, so Bugs uh, traps Elmer in a wooden log. Uh, this is reminiscent of one of those uh, cartoons where they run down the log. I believe it was uh, the, the, big, uh, the Big Nap or the Big... It was a play on the Big Sleep. Um, it was the Elmer cartoon where he goes to sleep and um, Bugs is haunting his dreams. Uh, but yeah, they, they play homage to this because the log looks the same. And uh, it's just sitting in the middle of the woods. 
Um, Bugs this time has Elmer in pop out of the middle of it and he corks up the side of it and boom, the dynamite goes off. Um, again, it's just play after play. You have the comedy stylings of those classic moments in the forties where you, you had a punch and then you moved on and, and it was just gag, gag, gag. And it was so it was timed perfectly well to the music. And that's exactly what they're going for. That's exactly what they're bringing back. Um, I had a friend that was uh, telling me that he preferred that they do the the gags on every other beat. But I feel like that would take too long. And they wanted to get the point across quicker for you to be sucked into the environment that they are creating and they're laying out. Um, and they do that perfectly here in a minute and 30 seconds obviously it's um it's a minute 40 seconds with the title so i think it's actually like a minute 15 uh if you take away the titles um or actually it's a minute because there's 15 seconds of uh in titles as well so we're only getting a minute here and every second of this is just amazing you have the stretching of Elmer on the unicycle looking into the camera and then being pulled back and into the scene where Bugs is tossing dynamite into his hands and he's juggling them and then all obviously they're going to explode. <laughs> and then he gets pushed off onto some train tracks and Bugs is there, the stinker that he is, exploding even more dynamite on the train tracks and it sends Elmer up into a plane that Bugs is flying. And I, if you haven't watched this again, uh, obviously, you if you're a Looney Tunes fan, you've seen this. If you haven't, I highly recommend uh, you stop listening to this. Uh, you go to YouTube and you look at the Warner Brothers TV page. Um, their channel has the cartoon uploaded. Uh, it's called Dynamite Dance. And please watch it and then come back. Um, the vibrancy of the bangs. So right now, Elmer is in the center of my screen. Bugs is stage left. And Elmer is, he has just been blown up. And he has those markings on him. He has those those dirt marks on his face and on his clothes. But he's surrounded by a flash of purple. And then outside of that is red background. How great is that? That is an artistic choice, and I am here for it all day. The purple sky is surrounding them, and Bugs is skydiving again, which is, I believe, a reference to the scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where he and Mickey are skydiving, <laughs> and he hands uh, Bob Hoskins the spare. Hey, what's up, Doc? Jumping without a parachute? Kind of dangerous, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can get killed, huh? You guys got a spare? Uh, Bugs does. Yeah? Yeah, but I don't think you want it. I do, I do. Give it to me. Gee, uh, uh, better let him have it, Bugs. Okay, Doc. Whatever you say, here's despair. Here, Elmer is just being handed dynamite over and over and over again. <laughs> it's it's really great. Uh, the dynamite gets bigger. The dynamite gets smaller. Um, and, uh, and then El uh, Bugs floats down with an umbrella. Again, the coloring of the umbrella is blue, which complements the background and it doesn't take away from anything going on uh, in the background you have Elmer rushing up uh, floating again in the air and his arms are big uh, again he's just like stretching and being he's being pulled in all sorts of different directions and 
it adds so much to the overall feel of the animation. You have the gritty action lines that are bleeding into, like, if, okay, for example, think about this. If Elmer is running and you see a smudge of a shoe that is uh, from a position he was at before, you feel that motion. Modern cartoons don't do that, but this this is doing that. Uh, I paused it and Bugs has, I believe, six fingers right now because he's running and that motion of him running, you you see the, the movement and it's just, we don't get this. We don't get this anymore, but we're going to again. Um, so the stretch and pull, the action, the, the animation, the, the care, the there's a birthday cake of dynamite. There's just everything. So yes, um, and it ended. Uh, it has ended. Is Looney Tunes cartoons coming soon? Title page at the 115 mark again. This started basically at the 15 second mark. So it's only a minute. I wish it was longer. I wish we had more tangible stuff to watch. I know Eric Bauza has been tweeting and Instagramming. If you're not following at uh, Bowzilla on Instagram or Twitter, you really should be because he is posting um, that he is working on specific characters. Uh, he just posted yesterday that he's going to be working on a Granny and Tweety and Sylvester and I think, yeah, no, it was just those three um, on one page. And then on a, on a separate page, he had Daffy and Eric Bowser's Daffy is out of this world close to like as close to Mel Blanc as possible, but bringing in a fresh voice to it. I mean, it, it's uncanny really. And I, I cannot wait. I wish this one had dialogue. I really do. Uh, but it's only a minute. Obviously they're, they're transfixing you on, we're going to go back to those, early styles of animation. We're, we're going to make the smudges there. We're going to make the action lines move. It's going to feel new and exciting and also a throwback. It's it's so great. And even the logo design, uh, the rings, and obviously you can tell that I was inspired by the rings as well, the classic, um, you know, tune-like entrance to uh, Looney Land, if you will, Um but yes, everything is updated and it feels fresh and it feels nostalgic and I, I'm just here for it. So that was our mini review of Dynamite Dance. Um, this is obviously being uh, propelled forward by Pete Browngard. And I, I failed to mention that on the earlier podcast uh, when I reviewed The Curse of the Monkey Bird. Pete Browngard directed that short and I believe he directed, he executive produced uh, this one. But he is all over this. Um, if you don't know him, he's from Uncle Grandpa. But he brings such a love to to these Looney Tunes shorts that I cannot uh, doubt that his direction is the right way to go. Um, just the, the overall work that's being done here is phenomenal. And a big congratulations goes out to the team behind these because... Over at the Ottawa F- Animation Festival uh, a couple weeks ago, they won Best Young Audience Award for uh, animation toward uh, toward young audiences with Curse of the Monkey Bird. So congrats to Pete Browngard and Eric Bauza and everyone, everyone over there at Warner Brothers that's doing a phenomenal job. Please keep up the great work and please let us see these soon. I really, I really hope we get to see more of this. 
um, hopefully before HBO Max. But if it, if we have to wait till HBO Max, then so be it. Um, but if they are premiering in theaters first or with other movies, I will be going to see those other movies and, you know, uh, reviewing them here for all of you, um, lucky, uh, lucky listeners. Um, art direction was Aaron Spurgeon. Um, I got to throw it out to, to all of these people, all of these wonderful animators, uh, animation supervisors, Joey Caps. Um, editor is Tommy Meehan. Uh, again, everyone is, is really great at this. Um, and I, I am just loving it. Um, so thank you Warner brothers for putting that out there. And I greatly, as I said before, and I have continued to say, I greatly look forward to seeing more of this. Um, so that was dynamite dance. And if you have any comments or any other suggestions for me to review um, these animated shorts, or uh, if you would like a specific guest to review them with me, let me know in the comments and I can do my best to bring them on. Speaking of these animated shorts, there there has been breaking news uh, from Warner Media, a press release that they announced on October 7th, which is yesterday. Uh, from my recording date. Uh, okay, it says uh, HBO Max is Warner Media's direct to consumer offering debuting in spring 2020 with 10,000 hours of curated premium content anticipated at launch. HBO Max will offer powerhouse programming for everyone in the home. And this will include Looney Tunes cartoons. Uh, Rooster Teeth programming, Crunchyroll programming, Adult Swim, uh, Cartoon Network, cartoons, classic movies from Turner Classic Movies, True TV, uh, TNT shows, CNN, uh, some obviously DC and Warner Brothers content and New Line, uh, as well as TBS shows and much more. So this is our first confirmation that Looney Tunes cartoons will be on HBO Max and up until this point has been speculation, but um, now we now we know for sure the Looney Tunes cartoons will be on HBO Max. And I'm wondering if they're going to be doing a release of the shorts on YouTube to advertise them being on HBO Max. If I were them, I would do that. So that way there are families out there that you know, want to show their kids these new cartoons and they can, or just the adult collectors, you know, that love seeing, uh, these classic characters come to life. They can watch them there as well. And they'll know about it. Um, other than if they listen to this podcast and then they know about it already, but I am just, I'm super excited. I I feel like I will have to subscribe to this. (laughs) HBO max is going to take my money, but it is going to be worth it because these Looney Tunes are, classic characters they're beloved characters and they're near and dear to my heart i i really wish that um there was a way for us to see them before hbo max in 2020 i feel like that's so long away but if there isn't then we will wait anxiously uh some more news this was from two weeks ago it looks like the warner brothers world in abu dhabi that is a theme park attraction which has rides featuring Batman characters and DC characters. Uh, There's Cartoon Junction, there's Bedrock and Dynamite Gulch. Um, This theme park just set a world record for most attendees wearing capes. 
um, which is really fun. Uh, for Batman's 80th birthday, there were, let's see, how many? Um, there was the largest gathering. Okay, so the Guinness World Record title uh, was for the largest gathering of people wearing capes. Families and friends went on to enjoy the park's exhilarating rides and attractions. Um, it does not say how many people showed up, but it, from the images, it looked like there were quite a few. Unfortunately, it doesn't say how many, but I wanted to address the theme park because I'm going to have some theme park enthusiasts on the podcast. And if you haven't heard of Abu Dhabi, I highly recommend looking at YouTube videos um, of the attractions because they do feature a wonderful world of Looney Tunes that captivates and it's an interactive experience where you can interact with these classic characters. Uh, very much like Disneyland has those rides where you can uh, see the characters like from Winnie the Pooh or from Star Wars come to life. And like it, it's it's kind of like that. But um, but this is all Looney Tunes and I really want to go. But at the, at the same time, it's in Abu Dhabi, so it's pretty far away. So something for the adult collectors out there. Uh, these tend to be a bit pricey, but before I started the podcast, I have I was in the mall and I ran by Swarovski. I think it's Swarovski. Um, so they have these crystal, clear crystal characters from the Looney Tunes. They have Sylvester, they have Bugs, and they have Tweety. They run around $325, and they are a limited selection of characters and pieces that you can get currently in stores. I have a very strong urge to get some of these, (laughs) Um, but obviously they are a bit out of my price range right now. Um, They also have Sylvester uh, rhodium plated like cuffs and rings uh, they have cufflinks with uh, Sylvester's face on them. Those run about $100. And then the ring runs about $79. They also have, for $55, a Tweety and Bugs smartphone case uh, for iPhones. Uh, that is for the X and the XS. Uh, I'm sure they've updated them to uh, fit new ones. Um, but... Yeah, just it felt like such a random licensing deal, but they have Looney Tunes in jewelry stores now, and uh, they're only for the high-end collector. I randomly saw these, and I had to rush in the store. Unfortunately, and this also propelled me to doing the podcast, the clerk that was working there, I asked her what, uh, what characters they had, and she couldn't remember all of their names. She uh, she struggled a bit with uh, Sylvester, and I was, again, taken aback by how these beloved characters have just faded in popularity, and hopefully with these new cartoons, they can reform and uh, take back that, uh, that place in pop culture that we feel like they deserve. So Cryptozoic is a brand that is partnering with WB Consumer Products, and they might release some collectibles. But currently, they just have DC properties that they've done, uh, like Wonder Woman uh, has a new statue and um, a few others. Uh, I believe there's a Joker one as well. 
But um, yeah, uh, let's look out for that and keep an eye on uh, on it for uh, future collectibles. Um, so something I did realize is that WB Kids has just announced that they will be doing Looney Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, uh, they will be showing a new Halloween short. It's called Hairloween uh, over there, Looney Tunes Hairloween. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say. If you want a sneak peek at what shorts we will be discussing on the podcast, uh, head over to the WB Kids channel on YouTube and check out their three-minute teaser with clips from all kinds of Looney Tunes shorts. And uh, there are some really great ones in there, and I cannot wait to talk about them on future podcasts this month. Something I definitely wanted to bring up on the podcast is this series of books called Who Was. The Who Was series is by Jim Gigalotti. Um, I believe he's done multiple. Um, I believe it's his his own like little franchise of books um but either way uh he has these really great books for young readers um and i picked up the uh the chuck jones one so it's who was chuck jones and it's a look at his artistic upbringing as a young boy who loved to draw um, and then he became an animator screenwriter producer and director of over 300 cartoons um, the beloved creator of some of the most classic cartoons of all time, obviously. And this is a really good look into, uh, his life. Um, it's, it's nonfiction, so you're not going to get any stories that aren't real here. Um, they've done really great research with all of the biographies that have been written about Chuck Jones and condensed it into a really small, uh, but you know, dense book, uh, that is for young readers. Um, it's about a hundred pages. Uh, it's a little over just a hundred pages and it's so fun. There are these illustrations that are in here, um, by John Hilderletter and they're done so well. And it's, it's such a loving tribute. I highly recommend picking this up. If you have kids, if you want to, um, read, (laughs) if you want to read the history of Chuck Jones to your child, or if you just want to uh, dive into a quick um, summary of a biography um, that is really hard to track down. Uh, I highly recommend these. Um, this was literally the only book uh, that Barnes & Noble had that had anything to do with Looney Tunes. Um, I went there to find some more books um, to read up on Looney Tunes and the history of them. Uh, obviously, Termite Terrace, Tex Avery, um, anything I could find. And there was nothing. There was this. And this is great. I'm really thankful that this was there. But at the same time, I wish there was more. Shouldn't there be more? Um, I feel like there should be. So until we find more (laughs) books written about Looney Tunes, um, obviously there's the Jerry Beck book and a few others. Um, Again, Barnes & Noble did not have them. Uh, I know they exist, (laughs) but Barnes & Noble did not have them. Um, you can read about his upbringing, how he read at the table. He loved Mark Twain and he just, you know, um, loved reading and he loved exploring the world. And you can tell that in his cartoons, he brings so much information and so much 
description to what is happening, that it comes from somewhere. It comes from somewhere that is deep and dear to him. He he really took the time in constructing the story that he wanted to tell with every animated short. And now that I know that they took nine months to to complete, you know, that is a well-prepared director and storyteller that is going into these long periods of time of creation and coming out with something that stands the test of time. You go back and you watch these, you watch Bully for Bugs, for example, um, which one of the Twitter accounts that I follow, uh, Looney Caps, I believe at Looney Caps, they took screen grabs from that short and you can just feel the texture. You can feel the love. You can feel the storytelling and it's all thematically sound. It's so great to to watch these classic shorts. Obviously, we were brought up on them and they are great for kids, but they're also great as adults. You can go back and watch them now and have just as much fun with them, if not more fun, because now you get some of the inside jokes. I have this sense that if Warner Brothers wanted to, they could get a team of Looney Tunes creators now to do a really great parody of Joker. And that's what the old Looney Tunes was. They were they were taking something prestigious and flipping it and making people comfortable with laughing at something that they love. Um, obviously, so they did Carrot Blanca, which is a parody of Casablanca. But if they did an Elmer biopic, if you will, like an Elmer origin story, or if you go back to like uh, Duck Season, Wabbit Season, where Elmer is tired of uh, shooting at Bugs and Daffy, and then he goes on his own like mental escape, and he tries to, you know, hunt other things or take up other hobbies. Um, like if you if you just constructed a story around Elmer, I feel like it would play and in entice people like the Joker has, like, like the, the characterization that they brought to the Joker, which is different and it's elseworld feel to it. Um, if they did that with Elmer in a parody way that had audiences cackling the entire time because they know the source material, or even if they don't, if they go into it blind and they just see like, uh, let's say Shia LaBeouf playing Elmer Fudd and he's just giving it his all and it's in this pseudo CGI live action world, but it's really gritty and uh, crime ridden if you want. Um, and then Elmer inspires a bunch of hunters or something. Uh, spo- <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just riffing here, but uh, I feel like Warner Brothers has these great characters and they haven't met their full potential yet. These new cartoons are a great launching off point, but I feel like we can take it so much in, into like the atmosphere and in the stratosphere and like beyond. I just want to see these characters grow and flourish and become part of the conversation again. And that's that's why I'm starting this podcast. That's or that's why this podcast exists. Um, and if we can, you know, get to that point, hallelujah. <laughs> if we can't, then I'll you know continue beating the drum for them. Uh, buying their books and reading, uh, reading up about them and, uh, trying to bring them back. But, um, yeah, so (laughs) I'll leave it there. That's, that's pretty wacky and out there. 
Um, so if you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me at the Dark Pilgrim. If you want to follow the podcast, follow it at this means pod on Twitter or this me at this means podcast on all social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. And we have a Patreon, which if you become a subscriber, you get access to all kinds of exclusives and news and exciting stuff. Um, that is patreon.com backslash this means podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Graves. This has been a wacky conversation that I don't know if you're going to get anything out of it. I hope you do. I hope something that I said is intriguing and inspiring to you. Um, Maybe it will help you with your own creations. Um, I just want to have a voice and have it talk about Looney Tunes. (laughs) So that's why I'm here. Um, Before I go, I just wanted to let everyone know that the Chuck Jones Big Draw is happening this weekend. Uh, It's happening on Sunday. And if you can get out there, that would be great. The link to all of that is on the Twitter. It's on every podcast that I've put out. It'll be on this one. And you can bit, you can buy tickets um, at Chuck Jones's Big Draw. You can just do a Google search for it and tickets will come up. Um, I know that Center for Creativity is a really great organization uh, headlined by Chuck Jones's, grand, Chuck Jones's grandson and any and all proceeds go to great, um, go, go to help great organizations, um, and, uh, ideas and, and help people. So, um, I just wanted to, uh, remind everybody out there and that's not all folks. (laughs) 